This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. He's back! I'm back. <laughs> yeah, planned up. Off of vacation. Mariachi band's playing. It's, uh... <laughs> you know what? Ali, I know I kind of threw a curveball at you. Hold on. You can just go ahead and pot down the show music. You know, this is, uh, it's good to be back uh, here on the Blaze Radio Network. And before I came on the air, I was informed by the top-notch production staff here at Blaze Radio that I may have a relative who plays on Mexico's soccer team. His name is Carlos. Carlos, if I, if I can do a proper pronunciation on my last name, Carlos Salcedo. He plays uh, for the uh, men's soccer team. It was USA versus Mexico. And apparently <laughs> the crack staff here at the Blaze or the staff that's on crack here at the Blaze uh, <laughs> caught, caught. Now, was, was it was it an English version of or or, or, or they just well, you just heard the name Salcedo, Salcedo, Salcedo all over the place? Was it English uh, commentators or was it Spanish commentators? I think it was English. It was English. OK. So they were saying, Sal- now were they saying Salcedo or were they saying Salcedo? Because if they're saying Salcedo, uh, there's a whole story behind the way I pronounce my name on air. There, there is. Now, a- as I mentioned to you folks, my dad, who uh, was a stickler for our last name and was also bilingual, I, I know enough Spanish to get myself in trouble. That's about it. And all the curse words. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, which which makes me in good company with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, which I'll get into <laughs> during the course of the program. But see, the difference is I don't curse on the air. I don't curse in public because I think it takes away from my my the integrity of my job. Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator from New York, isn't isn't constrained apparently by those uh, being a. Uh, a leftist who wants to not lead, but ingratiate herself 
to the young audience she was speaking to. Anywho, uh, so it was men's soccer, uh, men's soccer USA versus men's soccer Mexico, and this guy Carlos Salcedo, uh, who is six foot two, he I mean, can't be a cousin of mine. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, that's not true. I do have some some taller members of my family. I'm only five eight, so I'm not very tall at all. Uh, I'm at what they call average size. But uh, this guy is six foot two, 170 pounds, and he plays for uh, Mexico's men's soccer team. And apparently, he put his elbow in somebody's ear. Uh, men's soccer uh, USA versus men's soccer Mexico. And th- there's a whole subtext with this game. Did you guys know that the folks down in Mexico really want Mexico to win so they can stick it to Trump? They don't like the U. Well, they haven't liked. They didn't like the USA even when Obama was running it. Only thing they they liked Obama because he was running it into the ground. But <laughs> they, you know, Mexico and their elites have never really cared for the United States of America. You know, too much freedom. You know, over here. All right, let's do the flip around. Let's get into it. Uh, let's start off at CNN. Is this live? Trump hosts college football champs at the White House. Great, great players. And together you worked hard, had fun, and turned Clemson football into a winning machine. It's what it is. The Tigers have gone an astonishing 89 and 28. How'd you lose 28 games, Coach? Huh? That was the early seasons, right? Most of them were in the early, while you were building under the coach's leadership. He helped forge a new culture at Clemson. It was on display in the locker room right after the big game. So not a lot of news there other than the fact that the president is hosting uh, another uh, uh, football team. And this one happens to be Clemson, the, uh, the champions, the, the national champions in college football. Let's go over to MSNBS and let's see what they now. Fox is, is right now talking, taking the president's comments live, as is CNN. What is MSNBS up to? Now it's way too narrow an interpretation. This is basically about payoffs. And if they drafted the Constitution in more recent days, they would have said a payola or something else. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a monument. Monuments is a word with, <laughs> yeah, it's a Latin root, and that's the way they talked at the time. But it's the same concept. Uh, it's a payoff. Uh, we do not want a situation where our government officials, whether it's our president or anyone else, is receiving money from foreign governments. Do you know what they're talking about? They're talking about Donald Trump's hotels. And if a if somebody from a foreign government comes over to the United States and stays in a Donald Trump hotel, they're very concerned. This is the D.C. Attorney General speaking right now on MSNBS. Well, what, what do you expect them to do? I mean, Donald Trump's hotels are some of the finest in the world. And again, Donald Trump doesn't run his his businesses anymore as children do and simply because uh, see this is this is a a sad state of affairs and where progressives in and out of government want us to go that only the professional government class can come into government dirt they must come into government dirt poor and leave filthy rich like harry reid like nancy pelosi like other democrats Uh, it's somehow honorable now think about this. It's somehow honorable for an extremist lib to come into government, dirt poor, 
and then make all make millions and millions and millions of dollars off the backs of the U.S. taxpayer and selling their selling their their office for influence and leave multimillionaires, some of them billionaires. That's admirable in the mind of the uh, of the progressive. But if you make your money in the private sector and then you come into government, that's somehow a, a terrible idea. That somehow diminishes you. It's just, it's absolutely bass backwards. It's absolutely backwards. And but th- this is where this is where we get into a a professional uh, ruling class that. That you, th- these individuals have dedicated their lives to government and the expansion of said and the continued uh, domination of family dynasties within government. Because if you're outside of government and you make your bones by being a, a crafty businessman, a success by, by any definition of the word, Donald Trump, that somehow should preclude you from being in government. And so what they're trying to do is try, trying to make the case that Donald Trump, because he built an empire and then won an election, competed in a grueling primary, competed in a grueling election, and won, that somehow it's improper for someone of means to come in to government. They, over at MSNBS, apparently, and those among left-wing precincts, think it's, it's completely admirable for those to come in to government with no skill set and trade, uh, trade their, their office for political payoffs and to enrich themselves that way. You realize a lot of these people who, I mean, what, what, does Harry, what did Harry Reid do? He was, Harry Reid was a paid professional crook. Paid $174,000 a year by the U.S. taxpayer and then parlayed that government-paid job into immense wealth because of his position, because of political payoffs in his position. He, the, man, the man couldn't run a business. The man couldn't run a, and never has run anything like a popsicle stand. But he's rich. To the Democrat and to the liberal extremist, that is the way to go. And unfortunately, for all too many Republicans, John McCain, do I have time? I do. John McCain, what an, what an embarrassment. Here was, here was McCain questioning Comey. And I'm sitting there watching, I, I, for those of you who, who are watching Twitter, and by the way, thank you so much for the notes you guys sent me on Twitter and on email and the, and the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. It was nice to be missed. It's good to be back. But anyway, I'm sitting there watching this, the Comey testimony. I'm thinking to myself, John McCain comes up, and I remember at the end of John McCain speaking, I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Understand the Russian efforts and whether any Americans work with them. But you the- reached the conclusion that there was no reason to bring charges against Secretary Clinton. So you reached a conclusion in the case of Mr. Comey. Who? Mr. Comey? Uh, You're talking to Comey. In the case of Mr. Comey, you, uh, the President uh, Comey. uh, No, sir. 
<laughs> and then Comey says, no, sir, that wasn't me. <laughs> I'm not President Comey. I mean, what a, what a doddering fool. Wasn't prepared for this hearing. Talk about a guy that's resting on his laurels. This guy's, well, you guys know how I feel about McCain. Honored the country with his service in the military and has been an utter disgrace as a U.S. senator. In the case of President Trump, you uh, have an ongoing investigation. So you got one candidate who you're done with and another candidate that you have a long way to go. Is that correct? Yeah, you know what? It's going to be a long way. He's, he's elected for another five years from the great state of Arizona. question I have is, Arizona, what were you thinking? Back in a minute, folks. Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, that's part of the, uh, uh, sorry folks, continuing an off-air conversation with Ellie. Yeah, that's part of the reason why we're calling him. He's he's going to New York to be on uh, Fox's new program uh, at 5 o'clock. And uh, the, oh man, I knew I was going to screw this up. The, is it the experts? Is is is, is, it that, is that what it's called? The experts? Uh, Damn it, I forgot what they were called. Uh, Anyhow, uh, I'll get that straight before we get Ruben Navarrete Jr. on. He's being flown out to, uh, and by the way, Eric Bowling has a new book coming out that we're going to try to get him on to talk about as well. He's one of our favorites over there at Fox. And uh, we will get him on uh, as soon as humanly possible. I think the week of the, let me pull up the calendar really quick. It's the week of the 26th, last week in June. By the way, can you believe that we're in June already? Good Lord, where has this year gone? It is really going by fast. At any rate, um, so yeah, we're, we're going to have Ruben Navarrete Jr. Uh, calling in, or we're calling him uh, in the second hour of the program today because he's going to be on Fox. And we, of course, want to uh, see what's up with that. He will um, be appearing on The Specialists. That's what they call themselves, The Specialists, right? Not The Experts, The Specialists. And they've got Catherine Timp as one of the uh, one of the uh, hosts, along with Ebony, and I can never remember her last name. Just gorgeous. She's a Democrat, but she's absolutely gorgeous. And then uh, Bowling, Eric Bowling, who is a staunch conservative. Uh, and Catherine Timp is, of course, a millennial. And uh, I, I've I don't get the chance to watch them very much because. Uh, the Salcedo show is still going at that time, the Houston edition of the Salcedo show. But uh, I, I hear good things about it. And so Ruben Navarrete is going to show up there. And I, number one question I have is, 
What are you going to talk to him about? I want to I, I want to pick his brain on that. Plus, uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Congressman Brian Babin will ask him about one of the things that happened while I was away. It did seem like the entire dang world was blowing up in my absence. And then when I was I was thinking about it coming back on the air today, I'm thinking, well, you know what? Not not really. It, it's not really that bad because this is how it's been the last eight months. Well, if truth be told, probably the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah, a year and a half. Tail end of the Obama administration, all the wackiness going on there. And then the campaigns. It's just, it's just been a wild ride. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to uh, Mr. Babin about the Comey hearing and, and, and some of the things that I think that were learned. That if not, of course, the basket of biased press, you, they're not talking about any of it. It was a very bad day. For the New York Times, for CNN, as it was confirmed by James Comey. Here are some of the storylines. James Comey confirmed that these outlets have been partaking in fake news. Extensively fake news. And Comey said, yeah, what was it about the New York Times piece? Uh, uh, what did he say? On balance, completely wrong. Completely wrong. But it wasn't just, it wasn't just um, the New York Times, CNN was called out. ABC was called out. They had to, they had to print retractions because they all they all had it on good authority what Comey was going to say. And then everything that the investigations have been allegedly turning up, it's all a big lie. It's all propaganda. You know the the real the real crazy thing about this, folks, is is that I think they know. I think CNN knows. I think New York Times knows. I think uh, ABC, NBC, CBS. They all know that it's all bubkiss. All they want is cover saying, well, as long as we have somebody, an anonymous source saying it, we can print it. And the, des- the design is not to be accurate. The design isn't to, in the pursuit of truth. The, des- the design is in pursuit of harming Trump. And as long as somebody else says it, they can print it. And there are no checks. There's no say, well, do we have another source that can corroborate this? Oh, yeah, we got another anonymous source. And another anonymous source, and it, for, all, for all you know, it could be the same source. We have no way of knowing because we have the, to, the rely, to rely on the integrity of these basket of biased news organizations. Don't forget, CNN rigged the Democrat primary, teamed up to help the, the Hillary Clinton campaign rig the Democrat primary, have never apologized for it, have never explained how it happened, how it won't happen again. They, they are, they in their arrogance, we're CNN. We don't answer questions. Well, screw you. I don't watch you then. That's the reason why I don't watch you. We don't have to explain ourselves. They're all not, they're not dedicated journalist people. They're dedicated Democrats. Something you got to remember. So to me, that was one of the big takeaways uh, uh, that, that Comey actually had shown that the the biased press got it wrong and got it wrong often. And I think with intent, I think they intentionally got it wrong. Just my opinion, but I haven't, remember I used to be in news and there was a whole process. There was a whole, because back then, journalistic integrity meant something this was i say it like it was an eternity ago it was seven years ago 
it was seven years. Well, actually, it was that was TV news. At, for two years after that, I was in radio news. And then the Chris Salcedo show was born uh, when I made the jump to opinion in 2013, September of 2013, right here on The Blaze. So I haven't been out of news that long. To, to, but, but see, with the election of Donald Trump and what they thought was going to be perpetual Democrat rule, what they wanted to be was perpetual Democrat rule. These people inside of the press lost their minds. They're being indoctrinated in the K through 12 dominated, Democrat dominated public education system, government run education system. It's you see the status of our of our institutions of higher learning air quotes with my fingers. There's no higher learning going on there. It's the institutions of of higher learning safe spaces. And then all the way uh, out of their so-called journalism schools into the basket of biased press where it is institutionalized to be biased against Republicans and conservatives. In particular, the Republican who sits in the Oval Office right now. All right, Congressman Brian Babin will go over some more of the hot topics that resulted from James Comey's testimony in front of the Senate last week. Back in a minute. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Let's get to our first guest today, Congressman Brian Babin. He serves the people of the uh, the 36th Congressional District here in the great state of Texas, serves in the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee and the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Thank you, Chris. Always good to be with you. So uh, that was one of the headlines from, from Mr. Comey saying that he leaked... Uh, information uh, that was designed to in, to get a special counsel put in place. Uh, Fox News Channel had reported as well that that this act by Mr. Comey may also have been illegal because of the affidavit he signed when he took his his job. That it, you're not to divulge anything that you you gather, whether it's confidential or not in the course of your duties and conversations with the president of the United States fits that description. Uh, was this at all in your view legal? What Mr. Comey did? Well, let me just say that I'm a dentist and now a congressman. I'm not a, I'm not a, an attorney, but I right. can tell you that, that the, that that memo that Mr. Comey wrote, uh, I think that could be, could absolutely be construed as a as a uh, document belonging to the government. And then when he took that and gave it to a Columbia law professor, a uh, friend of his, who then disseminated it uh, to the media, I think that absolutely could be could very well be an illegality. Uh, and then when asked why he didn't go to the media, Comey says, "Well, that'd be like." Uh, I can't remember what he said. Something like feeding the feeding the chickens or feeding the seagulls or something like that. And uh, but I, I think it just shows you the, the hypocrisy. Uh, Comey is probably just one in a long list of leakers. We've already seen a number of them. This uh, uh, Evelyn Farkas, a young uh, Department of Defense uh, bureaucrat, admitted the Dems were spying on Trump. 
this young 25-year-old um, reality winner uh, who had a top-secret uh, clearance, and she she leaked information. And uh, I heard with my own ears, uh, Attorney General Sessions said, said the leaking must stop, and it's going to stop with prosecution. So I'm hoping uh, that they start prosecuting these people uh, and, and putting some of them in jail where they belong. Because what they're doing, this is a concerted effort, uh, uh, Chris. The Democrats set out immediately after the, they lost the election. They were shocked and dismayed that they didn't win. Uh, they wanted to torpedo the Trump administration and, and delegitimize it. And they started coming up with these fantastic and preposterous allegations of collusion with Russia, which I thought was just so laughable. Uh, but now we've got a group of mainstream media, Democrats and, and uh, others that are absolutely anti-Trump, even some Republicans uh, that are they're taking this thing to, to the extreme like I've never seen. They're not interested in the truth, Chris. They're interested in bringing the Trump team down, the, the administration down. They want to thwart and prevent any of the, uh, their agenda from, from uh, uh, being put into place. Uh, they want to they they just they want to stop and block our our uh, democratic uh, freedoms. That's exactly well, yeah, what that's it is. true. You know, and, and you know what? When when Russia was rampaging all over uh, all over the globe during the Obama administration, the Democrats couldn't be called upon to pay attention. Now, all of a sudden, since they lose an election and they need a scapegoat, oh, now it's all Russia all the time. By the way, Congressman, here's how Fox News put this uh, employment agreement that James Comey signed. Do you consider it to be somehow your own personal document that you could share with the media as you wanted to? I understood this to be my recollection recorded of my conversation with the president as a private citizen. I felt free to share that. But former agents say this FBI employment agreement bars the disclosure of records or raw data gathered on the job, regardless of classification. And it applies to everyone, even senior leadership. I think that um, there probably could be a violation there. Yeah. Well, you know what? When you sign an agreement and you go back on the agreement with the federal government, I mean, there there has to be some sort of recourse. Congressman Brian Babin is our guest right now, 36th Congressional District here in the great state of Texas. Uh, Congressman, let's uh, let's move on to another uh, bit of controversy that came out of this out of this hearing. Uh, Comey admitting that the former attorney general, Loretta Lynch, had interfered with Hillary Clinton's criminal investigation. Diane Feinstein, a Democrat senator, over the weekend saying this is worth a look. What do you think? I think it's worth a look. You know, I, I can't ever remember another time when I agreed with Diane Feinstein. <laughs> uh, but here, you know, here we have uh, we have an attorney general who is asking Comey to downplay his investigation of Hillary's emails and not even call it for what it was, an investigation she was instructing him to please use, maybe not even with the word please, to turn it into from an investigation to a, quote, matter, unquote. And uh, I think uh, I think Senator Feinstein is exactly right. This should be a, a separate investigation, uh, uh, you know, into maybe some collusion and some pressure being brought to bear from ah. uh, Loretta Lynch. On you to, said the uh, magic you know, word. Ultimate. You s- y- yeah, you said the magic word collusion, Congressman. Now, this is something that hasn't gotten a lot of airplay. I think the Salcedo show has been leading the way on this. Now, uh, you're going to you're going to now just promise me you'll look into this. But let's just assume everything I'm telling you is true because I have video and I have and I have audio I'm going to play for you. Uh, your colleagues, okay. Nancy Pelosi 
and Mark Vesey, who was a North Texas Democrat congressman, they were caught on video at a gathering here in North Texas. And they were collaborating, colluding, if you will, with an illegal alien, a citizen from another nation. And this illegal alien said this about uh, Matt Rinaldi, who was a North Texas uh, uh, representative in the Texas State House, about interfering with his reelection. Listen to this. Let's make sure that Ronaldi, if he wants to call lines on us, <laughs> next time he will have an office to call lines on us. So basically he's saying if Matt Rinaldi wants to call ICE on us, we illegal aliens, let's make sure that he doesn't have an office to call ICE from. So there you have Nancy Pelosi and Mark Vesey colluding with a foreign national to interfere with a North Texas election. Your reaction, sir? Oh, that's shocking. Um, you know, I heard about a little bit about that controversy. Uh, you know what? The long and short of this thing is, the Democrats are trying to stop the democratic process of our country. And uh, we have an agenda uh, that has been, uh, I think, uh, I think it was absolutely the reason that Mr. Trump was elected. And uh, they are preventing uh, that agenda from taking place. They are preventing and blocking the democratic process, uh, a, a, a historic election, uh, a revolution at the ballot box, if you will, uh, and, and they, they're cowards. They fight dirty, and when they lose, they throw temper tantrums. And that's what we're enduring while we try to get these, uh, this agenda done and the work done to try to save this country and turn it around. From, Is the Republican uh, Party, and I've only got about 30 seconds left, Congressman. Ruination. Yes. Yeah, I've only got about 30 seconds left, Congressman. But I, do you think okay. the GOP is doing everything it can to move this agenda forward? I think we're doing a lot. I guarantee you we're hearing uh, we keep hearing things that we're not working in the legislature. Uh, we have been working hard. We have gotten uh, we have passed a number of bills and the Senate has too. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, say that uh, blow our horn a little bit. The president has signed more legislation into law that we've passed than any president in 50 years. And we're being told we're doing nothing. Uh, and I can tell you there's probably a lot more that we probably could be doing. I'm, I'm hoping that the Senate will get rid of the filibuster rule so that we can really start getting some of this agenda through. Uh, so I hope, yeah, keep, keep pushing that. Uh, All right, Congressman. Hey, I, I'm up against the clock. It. I know how you know that works out of the top of the hour news here. <laughs> Congressman Brian Babin serves the people of the great state of Texas, 36th Congressional District. Sir, always appreciate the time that you make for the Salcedo Show. Hey, thank you, Chris. God bless. All right, 888 More to come on the Comey testimony. Again, a lot of the stuff I'm um, catching up on from last week, and we have much more to talk about in hour two on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, glad you tuned in, everybody, here at the Chris Salcedo Show. I, um, I've got some... Uh, I mentioned Kristen, Kirsten Gillibrand and her, her foul-mouthed, potty-mouthed comments. And we'll get to that second hour, and I want to put it all in the context 
of a degradation of the society, and in particular in the last few months, where what we are we, we have found as a society, as a people, unacceptable, has now been mainstreamed, courtesy of the left wing in this country. If the things that were being that are being done to Donald Trump right now in the art world, in, in the cultural world, were done to Barack Obama, there would have been a calamitous outcry. It would have been, it would have, you would have, it would have been shouted from the rooftops. It would have been a lead story on every cable news channel and the broadcast networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, probably even Fox. But because it's being said and being done to Donald Trump, there is a license for impropriety. As long as it's done in service to destroying Trump, all bets are off. No holds barred. So we'll get into all that coming up in the second hour and uh, really detail some of the things that I, that I really wanted to focus in on on the Comey testimony. Uh, you heard me reference this soundbite with uh, our last guest, Brian Babin. Here it is. I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. Didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. Now, when Loretta Lynch, which is the other big news story, when Loretta Lynch told James Comey that uh, don't call your criminal investigation a criminal investigation into Hillary, I want you to call it a matter. And Comey's like, a, a, a matter? What, what? I'm going to get that sound by too. Did James Comey take copious notes and then leak out the, those notes to his buddy at Columbia to leak to the New York Times? Did Comey do that? No, of course not. That, would res- that was reserved for a Republican. That, would res- that was reserved for Donald Trump. Somebody who, let's, let's be frank, Comey doesn't really like. And it, I, I'm not even certain it's just not, not just Trump, the personality of Trump. I think it would have been any Republican, be, uh, judging by Comey's track record. Now, Newt Gingrich took exception to this whole special counsel idea because James Comey all but admitted under oath the reason why he leaked, and as I went over with Mr. Babin, potentially illegally leaked this information was because he wanted a special counsel to make life tough on Donald Trump. Even though he knew his investigation, he wasn't investigating Donald Trump. And he admitted that several times during testimony. Well, why would you want a special counsel then? Why would you leak your personal conversations with Donald Trump if you knew he wasn't part of investigation? Now, I've mentioned Scooter Libby on this program before. You guys remember Scooter Libby? He was uh, in the with the vice president, vice president Cheney's office. Scooter Libby wasn't at all indicted and sent to prison for anything relating to the Valerie Plame, a, a so-called undercover CIA operative. Her identity being outed. We all know the name of the guy. As a matter of fact, Patrick Fitzgerald, the special prosecutor back then, knew it was Richard Armitage. Knew all along it was Richard Armitage who had leaked that name. So as soon as you knew who the leaker was, and by the way, Armitage didn't spend any time in jail. They knew Richard Armitage had leaked Valerie Plame's identity. 
But Scooter Libby, they got him on a process crime, making contradictory statements. So these, these things tend to work out very bad for Republicans because they're hopelessly biased against Republicans. At least they have been in the past. And Gingrich is, is painfully aware of that. First of all, look at what Comey said. Comey said, I deliberately leaked through an intermediary to, to create this counsel, who happens to be one of his closest friends. Then look at who Mueller's starting to hire. I mean, these are people that, frankly, look, look to me like they're, they're setting up to go after Trump, they're, they're including people, by the way, who have been reprimanded for hiding from the defense information in two major cases. Uh, I think this, this is going to be a witch hunt. I think that Comey himself, by his own testimony, tainted this particular process. You have a director of the FBI deliberately leaking in order to create a special counsel who we're now supposed to believe is going to be this neutral figure. I think that's just nonsense. It is nonsense, and he won't be. And Gingrich was further upset saying he, he, he doesn't trust special counsel. The special counsel in the Bush years locked up a New York Times reporter for 85 days to, to get her to testify. This is the Valerie Plame right. investigation right. in the lake. I just want to explain it to Fox. 85 days, a reporter's locked up to get her to testify to something she later writes a book saying was a lie that she did under enormous pressure. I distrust independent counsels. I think that the people Mueller's bringing in are dangerous people. And any Republican who thinks this counsel is going to be neutral is crazy. It would be like expecting the Post or the New York Times to be accurate. <laughs> well, we all know how hard that is. Uh, Comey revealed just how inaccurate those folks can be. At any rate, I think, I think Newt's on to something here. And don't forget, James Comey and, and Mueller... They are, they are pals. They're not just, you know, guys who have held the same job. They're friends. Really, this is going to be fair? That's what we're supposed to think? Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, Hour 2 on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two is underway. Glad you tuned in, everybody here at the Chris Salcedo Show. Telephone number is 888 888-900-3393 if you want to weigh in. I uh, was looking at this story earlier today, and I my, the first thought in my head was, for crying out loud, we've got to stop. We've just got to stop. Now, the New York Times published this piece, and it's a piece. It's a piece of something. Piece of garbage, if I want to clean it up. It's entitled, Et Tu, Delta? Shakespeare in the Park Sponsors Withdraw from Trump-like Julius Caesar. Now, for those of you who are not up in your Shakespeare, I have actually acted in this, this Shakespearean play, Julius Caesar. I didn't play a major role. Played three different roles, as a matter of fact. But the death of Julius Caesar is one of the many uh, depictions in the theater uh, ancient depictions of theater from, from the time of, of, of Shakespeare's days. It's been, it's been replicated over and over and over and over again. 
this, this similar theme, the deposing of power through force. And there is a scene that is a rather bloody scene where all of the co-conspirators, even uh, Julius Caesar's closest friend, Brutus, et tu Brute, that's where the expression comes from. And you as well, you, my, my closest confidant. And the, 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 the character of Brutus was a reluctant co-conspirator and fell prey to manipulation of well, the, the press equivalent back then, innuendo and circumstantial evidence, and Caesar wasn't all that bad, at least depicted in Shakespeare's production. At any rate, and, and the reason I brought up the fact that I have acted in this play is that, that I, back at San Diego State University when I was a lot younger, it was cast in modern day. We wore modern suits. And it was more of a, of a, uh, shall I say, uh, I want to say Cuban, uh, but that's not the one I'm looking for. It was, it it was back circa 1980s, maybe my aunt, Don Johnson look, the Don Johnson look, that's kind of what, if I remember correctly, that's kind of how we were dressed. Slick, uh, late 80s, early 90s type dress. Corporate dress. Anywho, beside the point, this version of Julius Caesar is also staged in in modern dress, even though it's, I'm assuming, the classic prose of William Shakespeare. The part of Julius Caesar is played by a man who wears a wig and has hair and wears outfits that look exactly like Donald Trump. So the scenes of Caesar, i.e. Trump, getting stabbed feed into this fantasy of the American left of killing Donald Trump. And it's being staged in, where else? New York. New York's public theater. And now they're losing financial backing. Two high-profile corporate donors, Delta Airlines and Bank of America. So here is Liam Stack, who is saying, et tu, Delta? He doesn't like the fact that Delta Airlines removed its corporate sponsorship. You have betrayed those who want to see the depiction of Donald Trump being stabbed to death. You betrayed us, says the New York Times. We love violence against Trump says the New York Times. Now, there are some corporate sponsors who are still sticking with this theater theater production. The New York Times itself is a corporate sponsorship. Of course, they're going to stick around because, hey, if it's it's, uh, anything against Trump, New York Times is all about it. And American Express still supporting this production. But Bank of America and Delta Airlines said, no, uh, depicting the, the assassination of the President of the United States, we draw the line. So they're out. Et tu, Delta, says Liam Stack. Are you kidding me? As this, as if this is a bad thing, 
not to support something like this. Had Barack Obama been substituted? And you know what? To be honest, Barack Obama has behaved more like an emperor, a dictator, than Donald Trump has in his short time in office. Truth be told. I mean, Donald Trump is is doing things. He hasn't violated the Constitution once. Barack Obama was found by the high courts to have violated the, the rule of law, his own law, or the Constitution on several occasions throughout his occupation of the Oval Office. Behaving very much like a despot, dictator, slash emperor. But can you imagine the uproar if an Obama lookalike was cast as uh, Julius Caesar? Oh. There, there were guys, uh, rodeo clowns wearing Obama masks, and the left wing went nuts over that. A rodeo clown. How dare you depict Obama being gored by a bull? How dare you? The sainted Barack Obama. It's, a, it's, it's, it's so on its face. Garbage. Left wing garbage there those that they support are untouchable those that they hate do whatever you want to all day long no restriction of propriety no restriction no holds barred whatever it takes for libs to win and then there's kirsten gillibrand the potty mouthed senator now why do i say She's the potty mouth senator from New York. Well, have a listen for yourself. Has he kept any of these promises? No. <laughs> no. Um, instead, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I understand this is a younger audience. It's okay. Fundamentally, if we are not helping people, we should go home. F bombs. Um, it's okay to speak like that if you're a U.S. senator in front of younger people. Ellie, you're a millennial. What do you think about a U.S. senator dropping the F-bomb? Um, do, do you have more respect for the senator? Do you relate to her more that way? I mean, if it was somebody I knew personally, I don't think I would have no, she's much a U.S. Opinion. senator. But if what, it what was... You're, sitting there, you're, you're in the audience. You're watching a U.S. senator... And all of a sudden, she starts dropping the f bomb left and right. Then I what probably I would probably lose respect. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think that's that's only a natural reaction. Now, look, when Donald Trump was out there talking about bombing the sh you know, the sh out of ISIS, although I agreed with the sentiment, I was like, yeah, come on, dude. Do we? And I remember this. Maybe this is just me and my my radio training. If you have to use profanity to make your point then it's probably not a point that can stand on its own. That's what I was told. Now, once in a while, I'm going to throw a, a dam in there or H-E double hockey sticks. And you know what? I get mail on that. I do. Uh, mostly from the broadcast uh, parts of the Chris Salcedo show in Dallas and in Houston. So I, I, I try not to, to make my points. Sometimes I get so, so angry at some of the things going on 
uh, one one or two are going to slip out, but nothing like that. I just I I can't bring my just the training takes over. You can't you can't do yeah you, know, you can't take away twenty years of of broadcast training and just uh, flitter it away. So I I just there's nothing in me that can can do that. But here's Kirsten Gillibrand. There's a lot in that soundbite. She believes that she's talking to a a group of people who are receptive. Talk about talk about judging. Um, who are receptive to cursing? Something else you got to consider is: Is Kirsten Gillibrand leading there? Is she showing a, the younger people? She's supposed to be a sitting U.S. senator for cry out loud, crying out loud. Do you think she's leading, or is she pandering? She's pandering, and some focus group told her or her people somewhere: Hey, these are millennials. They like it when you drop the F-bomb. <laughs> so drop a couple F-bombs in there. It came off as disingenuous. She was not genuine in her comments. Disingenuous. It came off as contrived. It came off as somebody was really trying real, way too hard to fit in. And people can spot that a mile away. Now, now granted, a lot of the folks in the in the group were predisposed to hate Donald Trump anyway. So they let it go. But at the end of the day, is that somebody you'll pull the lever for? I don't, I don't think so. But again, it's another signal, another loss of decorum sponsored by who? Our political opposition. That's what they do. A sitting U.S. senator thinks, hey, this is perfectly okay, dropping F-bombs left and right. Really? I've got more. Don't go away. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Conservative talk. Sounds spicy. This is the Chris Salcedo Show only on The Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Don't let her forget. I have one more thing to talk about with uh, about Comey, but I don't want to. I don't want to get off this cultural rot being sponsored by, I would say, our political opposition. Oh, and you know what? Bef- before we go on, can we can do? Can we do TV theme songs on Harry Ellie and not get in trouble? Do you know that? Well, who can you ask? Can you ask like, because I, I can't let acknowledging something that happened over the weekend go. You go ahead and ask. Uh, you know, there, there, are, there are copyright issues, folks, that we have to worry about here on The Blaze. And if, if, if we, I, I'm wondering if we can play a, 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 a soundbite of a, of a TV theme. And uh, uh, hopefully we can. If we can't, then I'll just go ahead and give my tribute. Uh, but that's coming down the road. Let me talk about something that happened concerning the socialist senator from Vermont. Now, many of you probably missed this, but the Blaze wrote it up, and thankfully they did. Uh, Pastor Robert Jeffress of, uh, of Dallas Baptist Church 
caught wind of this. He was very upset. Apparently, there was a somebody up for some government job. And he, he's being cross-examined in the Senate by, by the, the socialist senator from Vermont. And the socialist senator from Vermont was very upset about some of the writings of this individual who was a, was a devout Christian and who believed the only way to get into heaven is through, is through Jesus Christ. And, and that is his personal belief. And, well, let me just read from uh, who, Justin, Justin Haskins over at .com wrote this up. At Russell Vaught's Senate hearing on Wednesday, Senator Bernie Sanders did everything he could to undermine Vaught's chances of being confirmed as the United States' next deputy director of the White House Office of Management and Budget. This isn't surprising since Vaught, or is it vote? Is it vote? Yeah, I think it's vote. Vote has deep ties to groups Sanders oppose, such as Heritage Action for America. He's a conservative, where vote worked as a, an influential organization's vice president, but Sanders' approach attacking votes' religious views has both conservatives and liberals lining up against him. During the hearing, Sanders questioned votes' qualifications to hold public office because of previous statements he made about Muslims and their salvation. Writing further resurgent, vote said, Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology. They do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, his son, and they stand condemned. Yeah, they, well, okay. And, and you know what? Muslims believe the same thing, Bernie Sanders, that if you don't worship Allah, that you're not going to whatever their version of heaven is. Some of their more extreme members believe that, uh, you know, you, you go out on a suicide mission, you see 72 virgins in the afterlife. But guarantee to you, uh, Bernie Sanders, any one of these Muslims who believe this kind of garbage, they were part of the Obama administration, you didn't get out there and oppose them. Now, I say garbage because that is a rather extreme version of Islam. Some of the more mainstream Islam folks, I, I don't think, take that Sharia view. Oh, and that reminds me. Don't let me forget to talk about the Sharia protests over the weekend, too, and they were, they were in, in equally covered. But understand that Mr. Sanders would never dream of putting this religious test on a, on a person in Islam. If somebody had written, well, that Islam is the only way to see God, Bernie Sanders would never dream of opposing him and grilling him the way he did. In that, in that Senate hearing. Because that's a protected Democrat class. Islam. So th this, let me go on further. During the hearing, Sanders questioned votes qualifications to hold public office because of previous statements he made about Muslims and their salvation. Sanders called the position indefensible and indefensible and hateful, adding it's Islamophobic. And it's an insult to over a billion Muslims throughout the world. So wait a minute. If a member of the Islamic community gets up there and says, hey, the only way to reach Allah 
is by following Islam and all Jews, who, by the way, many of them believe need to be driven out of Israel. And all Christians are not going to make it to heaven because through Allah is the only way to go. If they were to say that, just like this guy did, does Bernie Sanders believe they have no place in government? And since when can't people have deeply held beliefs, whether they be Islamic, Christian, or Jewish, and serve in the federal government? Since when? Since when? And since when is it hateful to say, look, these are my, these are my religious beliefs. I believe nobody goes to heaven Except through, not, not through Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's, my, that's my religious belief. Are you saying, and man, I wish this guy, I wish vote, he's probably instructed not to, but I would have just, I would have gotten my hackles up and said, Senator, are you saying that, as, that government servants don't have the right to have pr- deeply held religious beliefs and have them expressed? Because, sir, what you are treading on here is a, is a religious test in government. And... We all knew Bernie Sanders was a disgrace, an anti-American nut job because he advocates socialism for the United States, which again is anti-American. But this goes too far. Trying to institute a religious test for Christians who serve in government. That's dangerous. We knew Bernie Sanders was a dangerous man because of his advocacy. We knew Bernie Sanders was a dangerous man because of what he counsels for the United States, you know, going down the road of Venezuela or Cuba or socialist Europe. But the very idea that he wants to institute a religious test, absolutely ludicrous. Now, about these protests over the weekend, the anti-Sharia law protests. We'll talk about what they were and how they were covered coming up in the Salcedo Show here on The Blitz. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I will get to that uh, that Comey soundbite. It was it was one of the highlights of the of the hearing, where Comey admits that the former Attorney General Loretta Lynch interfered with a criminal investigation, not a national security investigation, but a criminal investigation of Hillary Clinton, and at least one Democrat is calling for a. Uh, an investigation into that. Believe it or not, a Democrat is actually saying, hey, that, that we might actually want to look into a real uh, obstruction of justice, criminal investigation. I couldn't believe it when I saw it either. Let's talk uh, about this and many other things with our pal Ruben Navarrete. He is, of course, the most read uh, Latino nationally syndicated columnist around, and he is heading to New York City, and we'll ask him what that's all about. He may be already have landed out there on the East Coast. Hey, Ruben, welcome back to the show. Yes, my friend, I have landed. I am here. Just got here and walking my way to an airport. What could go wrong doing a radio interview from an airport, right? <laughs> the Latino has landed in, uh, <laughs> in New York. So uh, what, yeah. what, now you're going to be appearing on uh, the new yep. Fox show, The Specialist, yes? 
That's right. I'll be on the specialist. I'll be one of the guest hosts uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock uh, Central Time, 5 o'clock out here. I'll be with uh, Eric Bowling and his two permanent guests uh, permanent hosts there. And we'll be talking about the issues of the day from a different perspective. We now, now, why did they, now, why do you think they wanted you out there to talk about this stuff? Well, the producer on the show, one of the producers on there, used to book me on the O'Reilly Factor. Ah. And, you know, we always got along there. And I know a lot of folks have been going on Fox News really since I was at the Dallas Morning News. So that's now going back 15 years. Um, been on Fox News for a long, long time. And took a, a brief hiatus when I was under contract at CNN, but I'm glad to be back. And uh, they found me. I'm glad to, glad to be here. Well, that's cool. So now what do you think? Now you think Comey's going to be the hot topic still? I think uh, we have an after effect on Comey. We have uh, sort of the reaction. We've become the story now. It's, it's moved off of Comey and Trump, and it's become sort of the reaction that the Comey loyalists versus the Trump loyalists are having. So mm-hmm. we've become the story. And uh, maybe something about uh, Ivanka Trump's comments about the viciousness that her father's encountered, which ironically was met with even more viciousness on Twitter, uh, as if to prove her point. So there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, and tomorrow also at, I believe it's 2.30 Eastern, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General of the United States, will be in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He will be talking uh, under oath to that committee. So I imagine that's going to be also a big topic of conversation. Yeah, again on the relationship with Jeff Sessions and the number of meetings he had with the Russian ambassador. I don't know if people have heard about convincing uh, his even the searching those were very limited. Hey, Rube, we're getting we're getting every other word. I think you're in a bad position in the uh, in the airport. So just Sorry. try to get to a window if you can for a second. I know what could go wrong. I'm just landing in New York. And, yeah, uh, uh, Ruben Navarrete Jr., the most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist, contributor over there at FoxNews.com, my uh, guest right now. So, Rube, yeah, I can imagine uh, they want to know about Kislyak. They want to know about his recollections of this. And of course, it, it's completely moronic because it is the job of a lot of these senators to meet with foreign dignitaries including the russian ambassador it's just going to seem a lot more of this kabuki theater so jeff sessions has worn three hats in a short period of time he was a senator from alabama which means it's perfectly um, legal and appropriate for him to meet with the russian ambassador and then he was a chief campaign operative spokesperson for donald trump during the campaign, and now the attorney general. Those three things mixed together, friend, that's the problem. Uh, the, the problem stems from the fact that that should have been three different people. And one and fill all those roles. And- yeah, hey, Rube, I, you know what? We knew it was going to be a, a crapshoot just getting you on uh, when, when you were landing through the uh, airport and the cell signal isn't cooperating. So tell you what, we will, uh, once you get back to your hotel, maybe we can get you on to the uh, on the next cell signal show. Sounds good. In, in, in Houston, so we'll talk okay. to you there when uh, when that Thanks. when that time arrives. Ruben Navarrete Jr., everybody who's in New York, is going to be on Fox News Channel tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern on The Specialists, again, uh, giving his particular uh, readout of what's going on on the issues of the day. And as I promised, I, w- I did want to get to what was going on with Comey admitting that Loretta Lynch, Remember this attorney general who thought it was completely appropriate to have a secret meeting on the tarmac with former President Clinton, the husband of the target of a criminal investigation uh, uh, being undertaken by the FBI. I thought that was completely appropriate. James Comey admitting that Loretta Lynch had instructed him 
to change the vocabulary of what the uh, what the FBI was doing, which was not a security review. It wasn't any of this garbage that Hillary Clinton was saying it was. I remember talking about this, but it was actually uh, uh, it was actually a criminal investigation. We had refused to confirm the existence, as we typically do, of an investigation for months. And it was getting to a place where that looked silly because the campaigns were talking about interacting with the FBI in the course of our work. The, the Clinton campaign at the time was using all kinds of euphemisms, security review, matters, things like that, for what was going on. Yeah, and none of it was... The, the FBI doesn't do those kinds of things. FBI doesn't do a security review. I don't even know who does a security review in government. Wasn't the FBI... They do investigations. The Federal Bureau of Investigations. They don't do reviews. We were getting to a place where the Attorney General and I were both going to have to testify and talk publicly about it. And I want to know, was she going to authorize us to confirm we had an investigation? And she said, yes, but don't call it that. Call it a matter. And I said, why would I do that? And she said, just call it a matter. And again, you look back in hindsight, you think, should I have resisted harder? I just said, all right, isn't worth, this isn't a hill worth dying on. And so I just said, okay, the press. You know what? So he just said, okay, that's not a hill worth dying on, huh? But the minute, the minute Donald Trump does something that's, that is uh, somewhat improper, you think it's, it's uh, a call to take copious notes and then to leak those notes to an, to a, the New York Times through an intermediary. So let me get this straight. Loretta Lynch does something completely improper by telling you to call your criminal investigation a matter for public dissemination, basically echoing the campaign. And you don't feel compelled to take any notes and you don't feel compelled to talk to your buddy at Columbia and leak it to the New York Times. Donald Trump does something equally improper by asking folks to leave the room and have a private conversation with you and saying, hey, man, we've already put Flynn through the ringer. Can you find your way clear to, to let the matter go? Or, I, I hope there, there is a way we can let this matter go. I hope is what the president said, which I, I think that there's nobody who, out there who's saying this wasn't improper. I think what, what the president did was improper. Illegal, no. Obstruction of justice, no way. But notice how Comey handled both improper conversations. But actually, you know what? One could be considered an order. Because Loretta Lynch ordered James Comey to use the words matter. And uh, by the way, Comey complied. Comey did it. The press is going to completely ignore it. And that's what happened when I said we have opened a matter they all reported the FBI has an investigation open. Uh, and so that concerned me because that language tracked the way the campaign was talking about the FBI's work, and that, that's concerning. It gave the impression that the campaign was somehow using the same language as the FBI because you were handed the campaign language and told yeah. to be able to use the campaign. Whether, and again, I don't know whether it was intentional or not, but it gave the impression that the attorney general was looking to align the way we <laughs> talked about our work. With uh, I'm sure it was, Ellie, I'm sure it was a complete coincidence. The fact that, the fact that, uh, what's or nuts, A.G. Lynch said, oh, you know what? Let's use the word matter, just like Hillary Clinton is using. Let's use the word, let's use the phraseology matter, just like, like the campaign wants. I'm sure it was completely coincidental. Loretta Lynch's boss, Barack Obama, who openly and publicly endorsed Hillary Clinton, 
I'm sure it's a complete coincidence that the Attorney General Loretta Lynch wanted you, James Comey, to adopt the same language the campaign was using. Anything but saying criminal investigation and Hillary Clinton in the same sentence. The way a political campaign was describing the same activity, which was inaccurate. We had a criminal investigation open. As I've said before, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We had an investigation open at the time, and so that gave me a queasy feeling. A queasy feeling, but not enough of a queasy feeling to start taking down copious notes and then leaking to your buddy at Columbia and getting it to the New York Times. No, we had to find out after the Obama administration left office, after the Attorney General Loretta Lynch is now a civilian and moving on, nobody's going to have the political will to go after. Well, I hope. I hope that's not the case. I hope we get to go back and we get to haul all of these Obama people up before Congress and make them pay for what they did to us for the last eight years, for all of their illegality, for all of their extra constitutional activities. And CNN, this is crazy, to their credit, asked Dianne Feinstein of California about Loretta Lynch interfering with Hillary Clinton's criminal investigation the request gave him a queasy feeling he felt it clearly that loretta lynch was giving cover to the clinton campaign uh was she i can't answer that <laughs> you can't oh i think without a doubt that loretta lynch through various well heck if cnn itself if the the, the, the press had admitted that it was to publishing stories on the on behalf of Hillary Clinton's campaign. The press was collaborating with Hillary Clinton's campaign. Why couldn't the sitting attorney general of her own political party be collaborating with Hillary Clinton's campaign? Everybody was. I would have a queasy feeling too, though, to be candid with you. Um, I think we need to know more about that. And there's only one way to know about it, and that's to have the Judiciary Committee take a look at that. So you think it's worth investigating if, in a way, this was semantic cover given to the Clinton campaign? What was clearly an investigation being described? Yeah, but this is a separate investigation. Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As long as it's kept separate. We got to continue to investigate Trump and Russia. Russia, Trump. Russia, 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 Trump. But maybe we should look into this, as Dianne Feinstein. No other Democrat is saying that, by the way. But Dianne Feinstein is. Uh, coming up, as we wrap up the show, folks, I will give you an example of karma from another high-profile Democrat. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. Hell, storms are coming. It's not just a show. It's a force of nature. Hashtag Salcedo Storm. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Karma. Uh, it, it's wonderful when you see it happen. Oh, by the way, Ellie, did we get a, did we get a ruling on, um, on uh, being able to play the theme song? Okay, well then, before I get into karma, folks, let me just do this.
Anybody who watched 1960s television knows that, that theme song. It's the theme song to the Batman series, and it was uh, live action starring uh, Adam West, and Adam West, unfortunately, we lost him over the weekend. Uh, 88 years of age he was, and uh, let me just say, for those of you who never saw the series, it wasn't Christian Bale, it wasn't even Michael Keaton's Batman. That was a much darker version, the evolution of the Dark Knight throughout the years, uh, it was something to to observe. My first, my first uh, view of Batman was from Adam West, and the reruns. And then the, he even he did more than voice the Batman, uh, or he did more than portray Batman in the live action series. He also voiced Batman in the Super Friends, uh, and the Hanna Barbera versions of Justice League and all that. That was what they called Super Friends back then. And uh, at any rate. Uh, Adam West, iconic individual. I could not let a show go by as we lost him over the weekend, 88 years of age. Had to make mention of that. And by the way, Eartha Kitt and Julie Newmar, great cat women. Julie Newmar, the best cat woman still to date, I would say. Uh, karma, back to karma. From, from cat woman to karma. Um, after calling President Trump's mental health into question on MSNBS. Nancy Pelosi said this. What I did say this morning, in case you missed me on TV, is follow this. Now, this was early this morning, and in light of events that have come forth since. I said to him that New Yorkers have said to me, those who've had business dealings with him, he operates this way. First, he tries to charm you. President Bush tries to charm you. I'm, I'm sorry, who? Way. First, he tries to charm you. President Bush tries to charm you. <laughs> this isn't the first time that, that Nancy Pelosi has been stuck on the old script. You know, because there's somebody that's not in her party. She's going to dust off the script and start hurling insults at whoever. But she, she keeps on forgetting to change the name. Back to Donald Trump. That doesn't work. Trump. He tries to bully you. Oh, and and the press and the press tried to help her out. Uh, Trump, Trump, Trump. They they didn't they didn't want their girl, those in the basket of biased press, to be embarrassed. Yes. She calls Donald Trump's mental fitness into question, and then she jumps in front of the press and calls him President Bush. Karma, everybody, karma. That's going to do it for the show. Remember, our society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for the people. It's good to be back. Catch you guys tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, right here on The Blaze. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network.